Blog Talk Radio.
Church Assembly, established in the love of God, in Jesus Christ our Lord. We want to thank the Lord for his ever presence with us. The Bible declares that where two or three of us are gathered together in his name, there he will be in our midst. We want to thank him for coming to church today. Amen. Amen. You know, sometimes the week has been such that you're looking forward to coming to church being with God. Amen. Sometimes you just want to forget about the week that came before. And it might be good to do that. Because sometimes our world brings things in that are not only uncomfortable, but they're undesirable. But no saints in those times, God has not deserted you. He's not busy golfing on on some course somewhere. He's right there with you, and he's in you. Amen? Amen? He hasn't deserted you. No matter how exhausted you may feel, amen? When you're tired, he's right there giving you strength. Just trust him to supply it, and you'll find out that he's there, amen? Amen. Life can bring draining circumstances, circumstances that try you to the point that they drain most of the energy out of you, so you believe. But what we haven't considered is that the one who created the world lives inside of us. Remember, we are in Christ Jesus. Amen? He's not off somewhere else doing something else for somebody who doesn't have anything. Yes, he's there doing that, but he's also in you. You are in Christ. Remember, we had that message some time ago, and I gave you the visual of the nesting bowls to show you you are actually in Christ Jesus. Amen? So all the energy and all the power and all the grace and all the anointing and all the strength that you need is in the Lord. Amen? You just need to tap into it. Amen? If you keep thinking about how exhausted you really are, you might miss that. So go back, reassess, and let's move on with Jesus. Amen? Praise the Lord. Sometimes I have to preach that to myself. It is this way in life. You know, we have this treasure in an earthen vessel. We're just as human as other people are. We get tired. Jesus took a nap while they were in a storm, if you recall. We have this treasure in an earthen vessel. Amen? Amen. And after we go through the vicissitudes of life during the week, we find ourselves sometimes going, Lord, you sure I got to get up today? Yes, he has something for you to do. And he has something for you. You see, God does appreciate our sacrifices and our efforts that we make to please him. He doesn't overlook that. He doesn't take for granted our labor of love toward him. He knows when it really takes something out of you to do something for him. When you literally are about to bite your tongue off to keep from telling somebody what you're thinking. He knows. He hasn't missed it at all. 
And so you think all of those little sacrifices don't amount to anything, but that's not the way God sees it. That's not the way God sees it. When your child comes in and they suddenly got a bill and you already had a bill in mind and you got the money in your pocket and you were on your way to pay it and you just hand it to them, God knows all about that. He knows all about it. He knows what it took for you to do it. He knows when you've emptied your little your little piggy bank or your checking account if you have one, and there's nothing there after you pay your tithe. He knows it. Remember that woman that was in the temple and everybody was giving out of their excess and their abundance, but she gave her last might and she had no more? God knew that. Other people looking around wouldn't have guessed. She knew it, and God knew it. And he made mention of her to the point that when the Holy Spirit wrote the scriptures, he mentioned her there. She was significant to God. So don't ever think that the sacrifice you make, whatever it may be, whatever it may be, even if it seems absolutely nominal to you, that God overlooks it because he does not. Amen? He does not overlook our sacrifice and our labor of love toward him. Amen? Amen. So we just want to thank the Lord that he is so kind and so gracious to us and that he never forgets what we do in his name. Amen? Amen. Now, if I had preached that to myself about 5 o'clock this morning, I might have felt a little better. But, you know, sometimes you got to go through it first. So, Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, amen. The Bible says you're not unrighteous to forget, and you're not. You remember all of our little sacrifices. You remember all the little things we go through, every trial, trying to do the will of God. So you don't take it lightly. You came to earth and experienced earth as a human being. You know what it takes to make it. You know what it takes to press through. So you encourage us. You tell us we can make it because we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Now, Father, in the name of Jesus, we want to thank you for giving us joy and strength. We want to thank you, Lord. As we release over the members of Miracle Outreach Ministries, faith, grace, truth, joy, humility, obedience, divine protection, and safety, Lord, we want to thank you. We want to thank you because you know, Lord, that the enemy presses against us when we enter into times of seeking your faith. He presses against us to keep us from from going forward. He wants us to become discouraged and disheartened, but we refuse. We know in whom we have believed, and we know that you are able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we can ask or think according to the power that works in us. So, Father, though our flesh dies daily, yet we are renewed in your spirit. 
We want to thank you today for the renewal in your spirit. We want to thank you for that second wind of grace that we receive from you and you alone. We want to thank you for the blood of Jesus that made the provision for us to be in such a position. We want to thank you that we have eternal life. Amen? We have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. We have eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. There are many who do not, but we have been blessed. You saved our souls. You rescued us from us. And for that, we are eternally grateful. Heavenly Father, as we come before you preparing to celebrate Holy Communion, your death, burial, and resurrection, and the price that the Godhead paid to bring us back to God, we are humbled. We are humbled, Lord. No, you did not have to do it. You were not obligated to do it. You obligated yourself. You obligated yourself to pay the supreme price to bring back to you that which was lost. So we thank you. I know that we think in our little minds, in our carnal minds, that, oh, we're paying such a price for this, that, and the other. But, Lord, none of that compares to the price you paid. None of it. Nothing that we go through here. As Paul reminds us, these light afflictions are but for a moment. Nothing that we endure here is worthy to be compared to your sacrifice on the cross that saved our lives and saved our souls. So we want to thank you as we come before you today, entering into Holy Communion. We ask you, Father, to forgive us of our sins, every one of them. We've got sins. Yes, we have them. We're still working through that process, Lord. But you are leading us and guiding us with your love. We thank you for the grace that upholds us. We thank you for your mercy that allows us to come forward. We thank you that we can come before your throne, even boldly, to bring our issues, our ideas, our thoughts, our questions, our motives, everything about our lives to you. You're never too busy to listen. We thank you for receiving us and for receiving our prayers. Now, Lord, for a moment, we pause here for everyone to have an opportunity to repent of their own sins, even the things we neglected to do. Father, we ask you to forgive us for being weary and well-doing because you admonish us that we will reap if we don't faint, if we don't give up and quit. We've got some people in our lives, Lord, that aren't living right. And sometimes we've fasted and we've prayed and we've stood and we've done everything that the Bible tells us to do. And they haven't shown any signs of change. But, Lord, 
The truth of the matter is you're still at work even when we cannot see you're working. You don't quit. You don't give up. So we join you. We come in agreement with you that they will overcome, that they will allow you to save their soul. We want to thank you, Father, for the process. We want to thank you for the patience. We want to thank you for the forbearance. We want to thank you for the love, the love that took Jesus to the cross and the love that brought us back to you. We give you praise. Now, if you have your elements ready, for I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus, the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. It smells good. (laughs) And when he had given thanks, thank you, Lord. He broke it and said, take eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Partake of the bread. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, taste and see that the Lord, he is good. Amen. After the same manner also, he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, this cup is the New Testament in my blood. This do ye as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Thank you, Lord. We remember you. Partake of the cup. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, you do show the Lord's death until he comes. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily eateth and drinketh damnation to himself. not discerning the Lord's body. For this cause many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. Mm. See, it says, for this cause many are weak and sickly among you. We have to learn to discern the Lord's body, saints. And many sleep or are dead. For if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. Mm. We have to do this ourselves, saints. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Thank you for an opportunity, Lord. 
We want to give you praise. We want to give you glory. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Hallelujah to the Lamb of God. Well, the Lord has a word for us today, saints. And when it started out, I was trying to tell the Lord, Lord, I've already preached this message at least once. And he said, no. (laughs) So, guess what? We're going on. Heavenly Father, we thank you for revealing to us that as we desire you and drink the sincere milk of your word, we will grow spiritually. We will grow spiritually. We confess that all scripture has been given by your inspiration, and we desire to live before you by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Father, we endeavor to study your word so that we will not be ashamed. We ask you to teach us how to divide your word rightly. Father, as we walk in the light of your word, we will meditate upon your precepts and give ourselves totally to them. As we speak the truth in love, we will grow up into Christ in all things. Father, we desire to fully know the love of Christ in all things. That love which surpasses knowledge so that we may be filled with all your fullness. We rejoice, Lord, in all your promises. You promise that we will flourish like the resilient palm tree. Well, now that's pretty easy to see. We have palm trees all around us. And grow like the durable cedar of Lebanon. You know, We have cedar closets. We have closets that are lined with cedar planks. And why do we do that? Well, it's to preserve what we put in that closet or in that chest. Cedar has a preserving factor built in. It's durable. It lasts. It has qualities that other trees don't have. Amen? So God chose his words well when he wrote the Bible. Amen? I know sometimes when we read, because we don't know a lot, I'll just call it a lot, about that culture, some things just flat out don't make any sense to us. And the Lord has had to tell me many a times that was another culture. And it's good that he explained it to me that way because when I've read some things, I've told him what I would have done to that person, and it wasn't nice. Amen? See, they would have killed me, saints. Let me just tell you how it is. They would have killed me back there because some of the things they suggested people go through, I would have had a reaction that is not like Jesus. And some of you are in the same boat with me. I would have hoped that the high priest survived me. (laughs) Let's just put it that way. Amen? Some of the things that they suggested, I don't know if I'd have made it through that. So God was very wise in having me be born in, in this era of time. 
so that I could at least survive the time he had set out for me. Back then, I'm not so certain that I would have. <laughs> Our delight, Father, is in your word. And in your word, we will meditate day and night. Your word decrees that meditating in your word will cause us to become like trees of righteousness planted by the rivers of water that bring forth its fruit in its season. And whatever we do shall prosper. Whatever we do shall prosper. It's not, it's not like that feeling you had in the world. You labor, you labor, you put forth all this effort, and then nothing worthwhile comes of it. No, not in God, not in the kingdom. Amen? Thank you, Father, for helping us to grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be glory forevermore. Amen? Amen. Praise the Lord. You see? Sometimes we think that the efforts we make, well, we just did it for the Lord, and that's it. You know, no more. But God doesn't see it that way, thing. Every little move we make because of him, he takes account of it. And I know you say, well, I don't see how he could do that. Well, don't worry about it. You're not God. He knows how. And he does. You know, I used to think a long time ago that, you know, I used to do certain little things for certain people. And I just thought I was just doing those little things for those little people because they needed it or they didn't have anybody else to help them out or whatever the case might have been. And I just simply didn't think any more about it. I just did it and kept going. But God thought something of it. So don't ever feel that the little things that you do don't matter to Jesus. They matter. Amen? They matter. Even if it's just a smile, it matters. Amen? You know, I saw this baby, a toddler really, in the store, in the department store the other day. And she was tasting the clothes to see if she liked them. <laughs> and um, her mother and grandmother were busy trying to select whatever it is they wanted because they were in the grown-ups department. Well, this one was trying out, trying out the clothes too, but in a very different way. And so I stood there and smiled at her. And she looked at me and then continued to taste until her mother turned around and said, oh, don't do that, don't do that. And I I laughed and I said, oh, it's okay. She's only been chewing for a little while now. (laughs) (laughs) So maybe that item will be in the sale department, you know. (laughs) All the little things, the little efforts that you make every day, that you think, oh, that wore me out. I had to go all the way across town this way just to do this one little thing for somebody else. But Jesus thought it was worthwhile. So cheer up, saints. Be encouraged. God is 
in it with you. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, from our position seated in heavenly places with Christ Jesus, we bind Satan, the strong man, all his evil angels, evil spirits, demonic agents, all of his underlings, timings, maneuvers, tactics, devices, plans, and orders, and we cancel all demonic assignments and satanic agendas against the righteous. We take the territory from Satan in Jesus' name. Yeah, wicked brewery, we take the territory from you in Jesus' name. We bind every form of godliness which denies the power of Jesus Christ. We come into agreement with the Father, Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, and we come out of agreement with Satan, his agents, and their wicked powers. We close and seal all portals, channels, open doors of access to the enemy. We pull down all demonic thrones. We bind the wicked principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, and all spiritual wickedness in high places. We release the all-consuming fire of God on every ley line, silver cord, and garland. We bind the demons and workers of darkness in the heavenlies, in the bush, and in the deep. We bind rape and murder to its strong man and dethrone them all, chaining them all in eternal chains and darkness, placing them in the custody of the Holy Spirit. We bind the sources of all witchcraft attacks, and we return the attacks onto the heads of the devils that bring them to cling to them for eternity. We bind all trafficking, reporting, listening, watching, peeping, whispering, and familiar demons, all electronic and digital demons. Amen. All technology demons in their attacks, Leviathan spirits in their attacks, electromagnetic attacks, smart technology, techno-paganism, and mind control by the occult. We bind force feedback, cyber stalking, cyber sex, cyber sex crimes, pornography, demonic curiosity, bewitching, spirits which manipulate modern technology, pulse microwave radiation attacks designed to cause neurological problems and brain injuries, debilitating headaches, vertigo, binding directed energy microwave weapons and binding our vibrations, which are demons, in Jesus' holy name. Yes, we do. We bind our Leviathan spirits in their attacks, our Kundalini spirits, our water and marine spirits, sex devils, unclean spirits, passive devils, sorcery devils, pain-afflicting spirits, sleep deprivation spirits, artificial intelligence, smart dust, drone spirits, seducing, womanizing, whoredom spirits in their attacks, all the voices of the stranger, the charmer, and the seducer in Jesus' name. We bind all hypnotic and trance devils in their attacks, all mystic rituals, and their intent. We overturn and empty all cauldrons and chalices upon the heads of the conjurers and the magicians. We bind our target radio frequency pulse weapons, microwave attacks, debilitating sonic frequencies, all 5G and components and everything coming off the satellite, off the cell towers, and through our devices in Jesus' holy name. Thank you, Lord. We want to thank you for that. Amen. We bind every order of magic and mystic arts, Buddhist, black magic, Santeria, Kabbalah, Egyptian, Chaldean, Hindu, Indian, African, European, American, be it North American or South American, Chinese, Asian, Malaysian, Indonesian, Bolivia, Rumba baba kushe regisa rilla la dioso da da brike de Peru rumba baba kishe rilla la de rumba baba kusanda rola la de runde da brise de rufushi de 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 suta the Caribbean rumba baba kushe Latin America 
all islands, global cabals, indigenous groups, tribal groups, unsaved groups. Canadian, Dutch, Even wickedness in the UK. No, Satan, you can't have them in Jesus' name. They belong to Jesus. We bind all Morgellons attacks and we return every attack to the senders. And the culture of corruption worldwide, we bind all free-flying devils. We bind all evil spirits which take animal forms, all shape-shifting spirits. We bind every demon responsible for the dominion of sin in our culture. We bind hyperactivity, racing mind, inattention, impulsivity. In the name of Jesus Christ, we bind the prince of the power of the air, and we return his powers to Jesus Christ. We bind the power of the dog and every abomination that has been committed. We bind the Lord of the flies and his agents, and we place them under the feet of the Lord Jesus. We bind the Mandela effect and all satanic ritual abuse devils and all satanic worship. We bind all witchcraft dedications, formations of bullflies and demonic insects. We bind all spiders in their webs, trapping them in their own webs. We bind the transference of evil spirits, spirits of infirmity, supplanting the gods of the people of the land, the gods of the groves, and every spirit that exalts science, logic, magic, or human and demon, human reasoning and demonic knowledge against the knowledge of God and makes man wise in his own eyes in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Uh-huh. We bind the transference of evil spirits. We bind mammon and his agents, and we bind all demons sent forth to intimidate, harass, manipulate, lie against, mock, wear down, infect, destroy, spy, sabotage, hinder, monitor, track, besmirch, block, distract, Confuse, pervert, stifle, curse, expose, stop, defile, assassinate, corrupt, divide, confound, undermine, attack, reproach, despise, and reduce the effectiveness of the righteous in Christ Jesus. We return and loose these attacks to the senders according to the covenant. We bind the bondage of generations of fools, the spirit of the fool, the fool's anger. We bind the carnal mind, food, lust, addictions, and gluttony in Jesus' name. We return to sender according to the covenant. All and every reprisal, retribution, counterattack, psychic weapon, retaliation, all avenging, blowbacks, vengeance, every boomerang, each payback, and all requiting about righteous warfare in Jesus' name. This includes every evil work, mark, rite, ritual, ceremony, sacrifice, proclamation, pronouncement, vow, root work, or sin against us, astral projection, sending demons to us and to work against us and all that pertains to us. No demon, no wicked person or unrighteous event left behind. Binding the inordinate use of conjugal rights, returning to the sender, all witchcraft attacks through channeling and the satellites against our website. Returning to every wizard, all wizardry sent, and black magic and juju sent against any member of this ministry in Jesus' name. Sending back all tribal rituals and tribal witchcraft in Jesus' name. We give you the praise. We bind all vampire spirits, voodoo, hoodoo, ancient art. 
Erro la de Dios, requise de Dios, la de Dios, y el requise de la brique de Dios, la de acá. Kishen en el yacan de brique de Dios, la de Dios, rungue de Dios, de la broca de Dios, la de yasa, de la brique. Si te da el recojo, requise de la brisa, rungue de la brecha de la brique de Dios, la de Dios, la de Dios, rungue de la brecha de la broca de requise de la brusha, la de yasa. Y que ya, runda, rungue de la brusha, Mystic rituals, devils attending the New World Order, New Age Movement, and the Great Reset, make-believe, fantasy, fables, enchantments, false religions, numerology, horoscopes, the spirits and works of the oppressors and the spirit and the children of disobedience, Ahab and Jezebelic spirits and practices, antichrist ideologies and doctrines, Martial arts, yoga, and transcendental meditation, lewdness, perversions, the outworking of vain deceit, death spirits. We return to sender all death spirits in Jesus' name. We return to sender all death spirits in Jesus' holy name. We bind spirits of destruction, chaos, and mayhem. Oppression, depression, anarchy, premonition, clairvoyance, ESP, telepathy, psychokinesis, out-of-body experiences, reincarnation, haunting, poltergeist, astral travel, psychic healing, demonic meditation, spirit guides, and defilement by wizards. You're bound in Jesus' name. We bind the king of pride and all of his underlings in the name of Jesus Christ. We bind all human, demonic, blood, sexual, financial, animal, fecal, food, and soulish sacrifices in Jesus' name. We bind all devils attached to idols and idolatry. We bind every form of rebellion, idolatry, root work, mind control, apathy, nature worship, unyielding, deception, scoffing, error, worldly indoctrination, military spirits, rioting, abuse, all trolls, all fear, combative jealousy, fleshly ambition, the culture of corruption, weariness, betrayal, unfaithfulness, and temptation to sin. We bind Belial, Beelzebub, Baal, Molech, Basilek, Python, Neptune, Zeus, Apollyon, Kali, all gods and goddesses, Osiris, Isis, and all false deities, along with Mammon, Atlas, and Baphomet in its 72, in the name of Jesus Christ. We chain them all with eternal chains under darkness in Jesus' name. We undo the works of all demonic weapons, fireballs, poisons, voodoo pins, and dolls, hot and cold spots, psychic weapons, promptings, codes, triggers, charms, tumors, and designs, and we return their afflictions to the worker of witchcraft and their pagan sources. We break the power of every Masonic ritual, rite, ceremony, bow, pledge, pact, connection. All Masonic connections, we sever with the sword of the Spirit in Jesus' name. Every demonic Masonic connection, we sever it in the name of Jesus Christ. We sever the connection with the sword of the Spirit in the name of Jesus Christ. We sever every familiar connection with the sword of the Spirit in Jesus. We send their demonic prayers back in Jesus' holy name. We send their demonic prayers back. We reject them and resist them in Jesus' name. We bind them in the name of Jesus. And those of the associated organizations in Jesus' holy name. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We bind every spirit that was familiar to the Laodiceans. We bind the brotherhood, the lodge, the craft, and the grip. 
We bind the pride and sanity and foolishness of our own opinions. We bind the work of errors in our lives. We bind being misled, and we return and loose all the retaliations of the enemy upon his own head, according to the scriptures. We bind all traditions and customs rooted in sin. We denounce and renounce them all and loose ourselves from them. We bind the gang stalkers and send their fear, harassments, and witchcraft back on their own heads as well as their mind control in Jesus' name. We bind the spirit of slumber. We thank you, Father, that you have given us power over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means harm us. We rejoice with you that our names are written in heaven. We bind every spirit that denies the deity of the Lord Jesus Christ and his blood atonement on the cross of Calvary. Father, we ask for eyes to see, ears to hear, hearts to believe, and minds to receive what the Spirit of God says to the church. We repent of an evil heart of unbelief, and we ask you, Father, to teach us to guard our hearts with all diligence. Lord, we've come to loose the bands of wickedness, to undo heavy burdens, to let the oppressed go free and to break every yoke and chain and to call for justice and plead for truth. Yes, Lord, truth. Plenty of the truth. Lord, develop in us a love for the truth. Lead us into truth. Your word is truth. Make us to know the truth, and your truth will make us free. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord shall lift up a standard against him. Lord, we've come to celebrate the scriptures with you and to tread on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy. We will not turn back from pursuing the enemy until the Godhead does. The Lord Jesus Christ is our commander-in-chief in whom we serve and obey. We disconnect ourselves and we bind every demon that has followed us, was sent to us, transferred to us. We command them to leave us now in the name of Jesus. We pray for the peace of Jerusalem, for kings, for all who are in authority, and all true Christians everywhere, especially those Christians that are persecuted and were left behind in Afghanistan. Though we walk in the midst of trouble, you will revive us. You will stretch forth your hand against the wrath of our enemies, and your right hand shall save us. We cover ourselves in the blood of Jesus. Father, we bind the Taliban coming against the Christians in Afghanistan in Jesus' holy name. We send their attack. We send division and confusion into the enemy camp in Jesus' name. Father, we thank that you can make blind eyes to see and seeing eyes blind in Jesus' name. We give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. We cover our vehicles and our mode of transportation with the blood of Jesus, and we take authority over any interference in the road in Jesus' name. We thank you for your angels going out before us, Father. We cover ourselves and our property, especially our bodies and our private parts, with the blood of Jesus. We take authority over all the demons of the night and the day and whenever they think they ought to show up in Jesus' name. We bind them in the name of Jesus Christ. We place them into the hands of God, the Holy Spirit. We thank you that they won't last long there. We ask you, Father, to place your giant warrior angels around us. We thank you for the wall of fire that surrounds us, Father, with your glory in the midst, your warring linking angels, your praising angels, and your ministering spirits. Oh, Lord, thank you for releasing them on our behalf. We give you praise, Lord. We pull out all fiery darts, pins, needles, spirit, voodoo, witchcraft, anything sent to us from the demonic realm in Jesus' name. The Father says for us to lift our hands to heaven, and we're going to thank him for removing the voodoo pins that have been sent to us in Jesus' name. 
Father, we thank you for pulling out every voodoo pin that they sent to us in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for taking out all the witchcraft that they have sent against us in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Oh, thank you, Lord. You're going to destroy those voodoo dolls in Jesus' name. I know some of you think that's kind of strange, but you see, I came to church one day and there was this voodoo doll that was supposed to represent me sitting right out the front door. Ah, aren't you glad you missed that one? (laughs) Amen. Amen. That was nasty, but God is great. We cut and burn all ungodly silver coins and ley lines, soul ties, attachments, covenants, agreements, oaths, consents, garlands, vows, pledges, pacts, leagues, and all of the forms of agreement with the demonic realm. Oh, Lord, we break down and we destroy walls of protection around shamans, globalists, nanotechnology, Satanists, wizards, warlocks, witches, sorcerers, divinators, and such. We break the power of every love spell, vex, hex, curse, charm, spell. Fetish, all psychic prayers and thoughts, witchcraft, magic, voodoo, mind control, potions, bewitchments, death spirits, destruction, torment, pain, sickness, psychic power, psychic warfare, chantings, incantations, incense, and candle burning, hoodoo, crystals, root work, and all tribal rituals and sin and everything sent by the enemy's camp in Jesus' name. We bind the spirits of wizardry in the Jealousy, sorcery, and we send them back in the name of Jesus Christ. We don't have to receive all the cursings that the enemy has sent against any member of Miracle Outreach Ministry. We return it and we reject it in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. We return it, Father, in Jesus' name. And we release the peace of God from the Prince of Peace over the people of God in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord Jesus. You are a good God all the time, all the time. Well, saints, today God is going to talk to us about the open door. Uh-huh. Yes, there's an open door. And... Unlike some doors that we need to close, this is a door we need to open. Amen? It's the door we need to open. Oh, it's the door we need to open to the Lord. Praise the name of Jesus. Amen. Now, let's see. How shall we begin? Well, We're going to command the technology to do what it's supposed to do in the name of Jesus. Amen. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Saints, we have discussed open doors to the enemy, which should be closed. Yet there is a door which we should open that the Lord may come in. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation chapter 3, verse 20. Revelation chapter 3, 
verse 20. <clears throat> Revelation. That's easy. All the way to the back. And chapter 3, verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him, and I will sup with him, and he with me. You know, it's interesting that Jesus has to stand outside and knock before he's invited. The King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know, when he returned home after the crucifixion, he had to have a discussion with the door. You see their voice activated. And he had to say, um, it's me. And they went, who is the king of glory? <laughs> so he had to. And so when he did, that's what happened. So let's go to Psalm 24, verse 7. Psalm 24, verse 7. Psalm 24, verse 7. I know you think I'm crazy, but it's okay. A lot of other people have thought that too. Lift up your heads, O ye gates. See there? And be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors. Psalm 24, verse 7. And the king of glory shall come in. Seriously? That's right. See, there's some places you can't gain access to if you don't know what to do with your mouth. Hmm. There's some places that you can't gain access to if you don't know how to manage your mouth. So what did she say? That's what I said. There are some places that you will not gain access to until you learn how to manage your mouth. Praise God. <clears throat> I'm going to go back to verse 7. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, and be ye lift up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord strong and mighty, the Lord mighty in battle. Lift up your heads, O ye gates, even lift them up, ye everlasting doors, and the king of glory shall come in. Who is this king of glory? The Lord of hosts. He is the king of glory. The Lord God of war. He is the king of glory. Amen? Amen. Second Kings chapter 5. Second Kings chapter 5. And we're going to begin with verse 1. And I'm going to move fairly swiftly, so hang in there. Second Kings chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Now Naaman, captain of the host of the king of Syria, was a great man with his master, an honorable 
Because by him, the Lord, because by him, the Lord had given deliverance unto Syria. He was also a mighty man in valor. He was a big hoop-de-doo. But he was a leper. And the Syrians had gone out by company and had brought away captive out of the land of Israel a little maid, and she waited on Naaman's wife. And she said unto her mistress, Would God my Lord were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. And one went in and told his Lord, saying, Thus and thus said the maid, that is of the land of Israel. And the king of Syria said, Go to, go, and I will send a letter unto the king of Israel. And he departed and took with him ten talents of silver and six thousand pieces of gold and ten changes of raiment. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have therewith sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him out of his leprosy. And it came to pass, when the king of Israel had read the letter, that he rent his clothes and said, Am I God to kill and to make a law that this man doth send unto me to recover a man of his leprosy? Wherefore consider, I pray you, and see how he seeketh a quarrel against me. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard, you know, these people, you know, you keep hearing they heard something, it's because somebody went to tell it, okay? Know that about these folks, okay? And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, had heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me. And he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot and stood at the door of the house of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. But Naaman was wroth. That means he was extremely hot-tempered and very angry and enraged. And went away and said, Behold, I thought, hmm, I thought, I thought, I thought, he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God and strike his hand over the place and recover the left. Uh No, Elisha was not that dramatic, okay? Are not Abana and Farfar, rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel, okay? Our waters are better than your waters, and we are better than you. You got it? Okay, now you got it. May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Well, I never. Well, and his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do some great thing, wouldst thou not have done it? 
how much rather than when he saith to thee, wash and be clean. Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again, like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Hmm, how interesting. Naaman was a mighty warrior. He was not a foot soldier. He was a commander. He had authority over a lot of warriors. He had power and authority and esteem and prestige and fame and all that goes with that. Amen. He was the captain of the armies of the king of Syria. So he wasn't a little nobody, so to speak. Not him. Naaman has been used by God to deliver Syria out of the wars brought by the, their enemies. You see, Syria had enemies. And God, you know, God came and helped them out a few times. However, Naaman had a few problems, you see. Like most great warriors, he had a few problems. Among them was the physical infirmity of leprosy. Leprosy is an infectious and contagious disease that affects the skin, mucous membrane, and the nervous system. It causes discoloration and lumps on the skin, and in severe cases, disfigurement and deformity. It mainly affects the skin, the eyes, the nose, and the peripheral nerves. Okay, if you had shingles, you have a remote idea of a minor part of what leprosy contains. All right? To help you relate. It causes reduced sensation, numbness, and weakness in hands and feet. In other words, without being cured, Naaman could anticipate lessening of his sense of touch and the eventual necrosis of appendages. Furthermore, leprosy is contagious as it is airborne. This great military giant, with all of his mighty powers and powerful command, could not solve his own personal problems. Hmm. His conquest had brought him much fame. Yet his disease would certainly cripple him and his stellar career. We've seen that happen with people in Hollywood with these stellar careers. And they suddenly have some disease, some state of illness, and it crashes the career and them as well. Amen? During Naaman's time, there was no cure for his disease. Ah, he had contracted an incurable disease. No clinic which specialized in various treatments for his condition. No, he couldn't go to Mayo. They didn't exist. Severe cases were eventually relegated to private houses or leper colonies to continue the deterioration and eventually die. 
Leprosy was a death sentence. Naaman faced a life of nerve pain and a slow, agonizing death. There was no cure at all, no physician who could save the great military conqueror. By means of a captive Israelite maid who served Naaman's wife, he heard of a glimpse of hope. This glimpse was presented through the prophet Elisha in Samaria. God's divine healing power was known to many through Elisha's work. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 3, we just read it. We're going to look at that one verse. She said unto her mistress, Would God, my Lord, were with the prophet that is in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. So you see, there was a cure, but you had to know about it. Ah, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, who heals the sick and raises the dead, is alive today. Boy, that was a real loud amen, y'all. And the same flow of his divine healing power is flowing today in the name of Jesus. Okay, Lord, help them out. Help them out. (laughs) Maybe they didn't have any coffee this morning, even though they can. Amen. Matthew chapter 24, verse 3. I think I did that wrong. Let me see. I think what I meant was Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. We're about to find out. Okay, we're about to find out for sure which verse that meant. See, early in the morning, things change. (laughs) It's one of them verses, Jesus. Amen. Nope, it was the other one. It was Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. See, so God's not dead. He's very much alive. Amen? Luke chapter 9, verse 11. Luke chapter 9, verse 11. Luke chapter 9, verse 11. And the people, when they knew it, followed him, and he received them. And spake unto them of the kingdom of God and healed them that had need of healing. Hmm. Yes, that's what Jesus did. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. The book of Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Yes, how God 
anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So we have a present-day Jesus in a present-day world still healing present-day diseases, sicknesses, and illnesses. Amen? Amen. Naaman was a man of great renown and had considerable influence in his time. The king of Syria, therefore, sent a letter to the king of Israel on Naaman's behalf. In 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning with verse 6, 2 Kings chapter 5, beginning with verse 6, we see the following. And he brought the letter to the king of Israel, saying, Now when this letter is come unto thee, behold, I have there with sent Naaman my servant to thee, that thou mayest recover him of his leprosy. So you see, Naaman was of the statue that one king would write another king a letter concerning him and say, do this for him. Do this for him. He wasn't, um, you wouldn't have seen Naaman in public, let's put it that way. He had servants to do that for him. Amen? We get it now? (laughs) Amen. And it came to pass when the king read the letter, he tore his clothes up. I'm not God. Why is this man trying to start a fight with me? And then the maid speaks to the wife. And the little gossip people in the house go tell the news. That's how that works. Elisha got wind of the distress of the king of Syria and the king of Israel in verse 8. And it was so when Elisha, the man of God, heard that the king of Israel had rent his clothes, that he sent to the king, saying, Wherefore hast thou rent thy clothes? Let him come now to me, and he shall know that there is a prophet in Israel. So, he asked, why have you torn up your robe? Do this. Let him come to me now, and he shall know there is a prophet in Israel. You see, saints, Naaman had a blind spot of ignorance hidden in his soul. Hmm. You know how you're driving the car and you have your side mirrors adjusted, but you still have a blind spot? Well, guess what? Naaman had one, too, or maybe more than one. Amen. He was a heathen who did not know the God of the Israelites. He believed that the gods of his culture were superior to other gods. There are a lot of people that we brush shoulders with almost every day. And they believe that the gods of their culture are greater than the Lord our God. It's so. They don't necessarily come from another nation. They're right here. And you know because their lives and their lifestyle is consumed with the gods of the culture. They don't have time for the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And they think you're crazy for doing so. You've met them. 
You know them. They look at you funny. Yet the Lord chose to reveal himself to Naaman. God chose to reveal himself to Naaman. That's an interesting quality about God. When you read it in the Bible, sometimes it appears that this is just a happenstance kind of thing. But no, it was part of God's plan. He had plans for Naaman. Amen? Some of us need much more unveiling of who our God really is. Some of us need much, much more unveiling of who our God really is. You see, Job had to learn this lesson, even though he believed in and served the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And if you will join me in Job chapter 42, beginning with verse 4, you'll get to hear what Job had to say about it. Job chapter 42, beginning with verse 4. Job, he comes before Saul. He got there first. Here I beseech thee, and I will speak. I will demand of thee and declare thou unto me. I have heard of thee, he's talking to God, by the hearing of the ear. But now mine eye seeth thee. You see, Job had been serving God all this time based on the knowledge that he had. But he says at this post point, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear. I've been hearing, but now mine eye seeth thee. She got more revelation on who God really is. Wherefore, I abhor myself and repent in dust and ashes. I thought I knew who you were, God, but I found out I didn't really know you at all. I heard about you before, but now I see you for who you are. Some of us need that revelation this morning. And so it is with many saints. God has to deal with you before he can heal your body. God has to deal with you before he can heal your finances. God has to deal with you before he can heal your situation. And sometimes we just don't get it. Amen? Many saints believe that they know the Lord. Some of them claim to have done exploits in his name. Yet, though they serve him, they have not been healed. Is that you? Is that you? Perhaps the Lord is desirous of healing you before he heals your body. Hmm. We have a tendency to focus on the issue which concerns us most. 
But that issue may not be God's primary concern with regard to our lives. Same is true in financial distress. We tend to keep reminding God of his promises of prosperity. Although God's eye is observing a different area in our soul. Third John two. Third John two. All the way to the back. Third John, very small book, but very powerful book. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prospereth. Hmm. Soul prospering? Health prospering? Life prospering? Hmm. God's got a plan. You see, God desires for our bodies to be in health as our soul is in health. As our soul, our mind, our will, our emotions, our imaginations, our intellect, everything about us. See, we have the idea of thinking that we're disjunct and then put together. You know, we have several different parts. You know, when you go to anatomy in school, they teach you about all the different body parts, and this one goes here and that one goes there. That was a fun little class. And this part goes there, and you take this part down, and you put this over here. That was fun. I like that. However, God goes beyond that. God goes beyond that. He looks down in our souls and goes, hmm. Could it be that you are in far more desperate need of healing in your soul? Could that be it? There is a bomb in Gilead to make the wounded whole. There's power enough in heaven to cure a sin-sick soul. How lost was my condition till Jesus made me whole. There is but one physician can cure a sin-sick soul. You see, I recently ran into an account of a man who was dying. He was dying. He had this incurable disease, and he wasn't going to make it. But when they showed him the picture of the sonogram of his daughter in the womb, he suddenly came back to life. The man started to recover. I said, hmm. So there wasn't any medicine, no IV, no surgery, no procedure. But seeing the picture of his daughter on the sonogram in the womb, 
he came back to life. Well, maybe that was the medicine that his sin-sick soul needed. You see, we do not connect all of our parts as being connected, but they are. They are. Remember we talked about COVID before COVID hit? And God kept warning us, get out of fear, get out of fear, get out of fear. It was a constant message. Fear, get out of fear, no more fear. I'm here, you don't need fear. Because fear is the main gatekeeper to COVID. He your buddy, fear is your buddy, you should expect COVID to come ring your doorbell. That's what God basically said. So he was getting his people prepared for what the devil was doing. The balm of Gilead is interpreted as a spiritual medicine that is able to heal Israel and sinners in general. In Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 22, Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 22, there is a question put to all. Jeremiah chapter 8, verse 22. Is there no balm in Gilead? Is there no physician there? Why then is not the health of the daughter of my people recovered? Evidently, God said in Gilead, you know, you all got this balm. And there are physicians there. But then the health of the daughter of my people isn't recovered. What's going on here? God's calling his people to think, to recognize, to pay attention. God is saying to us that our physical infirmities and other maladies may be linked to deficiencies in our souls. Perhaps we should seek him further until he come and reign righteousness upon us. Let's visit Hosea for a minute. Hosea chapter 10. Hosea chapter 10, beginning with verse 12. Hosea chapter 10, beginning with verse 12. So to yourselves in righteousness. Reap in mercy. Mm. Break up your fallow ground. What's fallow ground, Pastor? I'm glad you asked. You know, if you go out in the yard, there's this patch out there that's got rocks and stones and glass and, and tree limbs and all kind of stuff under there if you just dig far enough. And it's hard and dry. That's like fallow ground. In order to plant anything for it to cultivate, you got to you got to break up that soil so it can become aerated. You got to get all that debris out of there, and you have to prepare the soil so that something can be sown, some seed can be placed there that it might germinate. And God is saying that to his people in Hosea. 
sow to yourselves in righteousness. Do right. Be in right standing with me. Live right. And you will reap in mercy. Begin by breaking up the fallow ground in your own heart and soul. Tear it up. No, don't rip your clothes up. Break up that heart of yours that's hard-hearted, that obstinate, stubborn, willful self of you that wants to do it the way you think as opposed to what I'm trying to tell you, God saying. You look at the situation and you see it your way. I look at the situation and I see my word waiting to manifest. For it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Ye have plowed wickedness. Ye have reaped iniquity. Ye have eaten the fruit of lies. Now, we've been covering these lies in our adjudication every Wednesday and Friday. So everybody knows which lies they swallow. Feel free to cough them up. Because thou didst trust in thy way. Because thou didst trust in thy way. That's what God's problem is with us. We want to do it our way. And he's saying, that's not what I want to do. Amen? That, that's that's problem, you see. That's problem, Eric. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. So Naaman went to see the prophet Elisha to ask him to pray for him to be healed. But when he arrived, Elisha did not even come out to meet him. Elisha made no special arrangements to receive the mighty warrior of Syria sent by the king of Syria. He merely sent a messenger out to him and told him to go wash seven times in the Jordan River. Let's go to verse 9. We're still in 2 Kings chapter 5, and we're on our way to verse 9. Verse 9. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot. Okay. Let's see. How do I put this? He came driving his Lamborghini, and his entourage drove Maserati and Jaguar and Rose and Bentley, and it just kept coming. You got it? (laughs) All right. Now we're there. See, that's all the cars I know. I ran right out. (laughs) So Naaman came with his horses. Okay, horses. Think. Okay. Belmont State. Preakness. Churchill Down. Fine horses. I don't mean that stuff out there in the pasture with the cows. Not those. No, no, not those. The fine horses. Okay. Think Clydesdale. Now, is that better? Okay. So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot. 
and stood at the door of Elisha. And Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. One sinner is done. Okay. Amen. It goes like this. When Naaman heard the message, he was offended and insulted. He was overflowing in proud rage. How dare you send the messenger out to me? Don't you know I am? That was pretty bad, Pastor. Yes, it was. Quite quite bad. Yes, it really was. He had come to the prophet of God to be healed. He had presumed, there you go, check, that is a sin. He had presumed that Elijah would pray and that he had struck his hand over him and he would be healed. You know, this grand display, but it didn't work that way. Amen? It just didn't work that way. Verse 11. But Naaman was wroth and went away and said, Behold, I thought. Now, saints, when you get to the, well, God, I thought, it's time to zip those lips right there. You're about to step into sin. It's time to just go. Behold, I thought. He will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, that by the way Naaman thought was lesser than the gods he already served, and strike his hand over the place and recover the leper. Well, it didn't work like that. When the matter did not happen as he had wanted, he became wroth and determined to return to his own country. Verse 12. Are not Abana and Farfar rivers of Damascus better than all the waters of Israel? Why? Because Syria is better than Israel anyhow. May I not wash in them and be clean? So he turned and went away in a rage. Many saints carry the same attitude in our hearts. No, Pastor. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, it is. You said what to me? Oh, yes. It's there. Thus, closing the door to Jesus, our healer, and resisting his way. Uh Uh-huh, that's how it happened. In Luke chapter 7, verse 23, Luke chapter 7, verse 23, Jesus has some wonderful words for us, church. Jesus, our Savior, has some wonderful words for us in Luke chapter 7, verse 23. Luke chapter 7, 
verse 23. And blessed is he whosoever shall not be offended in me. You see, Naaman thought he was offended with the prophet of God. But no, Naaman was offended with God himself. And if we were to tell the truth today, many of us have become offended with God from time to time because of the way things go. Something unexpected happened that was not what we were praying for. That's not it. I was believing you for this, God. And look at what's happened. It's this. We are offended. And many times we act no different from Naaman. We believe God so hard. We fasted. We prayed. We this. We that. On and on and on and on it goes. And now I have a bankruptcy. On top of everything else, I got a bankruptcy too. We're mad at God. We see all these promises in the Bible on prosperity, and I have to go file for bankruptcy. Is that what you're telling me, God? And we are ticked, to say the least. We are offended in him. But you see, God's ways are not our ways. Sometimes God has to strip things from our lives that are holding us back. But no, we don't see that at the time. All we see is what we see in the natural versus what they told us at church was in the scriptures. So we got a hot attitude with God. And when we come to church, we keep our money in our pocketbooks. Why? Because we're ticked with God. I know it's so. I've been a Christian for a very long time. (laughs) It's so. And you sit in church with your mouth poked out, your arms crossed, to see, well, what they going to say this time? Yes, they do. Saints do that. Are they really born again? Yes, they are just as born again as you are. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the truth. Well, let's go visit with Daniel in a minute. You see, blindness is often used as a term to describe or indicate a lack of discernment and intelligent spiritual vision. Daniel chapter 5 at the beginning. Daniel chapter 5 at the beginning. Oh, Daniel. How interesting this chapter is. Daniel chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. Belshazzar the king made a great feast to a thousand of his lords and drank wine before the thousand. Belshazzar, while he tasted the wine, commanded to bring the golden and silver vessels which his father Nebuchadnezzar had taken out of the temple which was in Jerusalem. Now, let's talk about these uh, vessels. These vessels were dedicated to God. They were his. They were made for him, set aside for him, dedicated to him. They were his. That the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines might drink therein. Strike wounds, along with all the mother strikes. 
Then they brought the golden vessels that were taken out of the temple of the house of God, which was at Jerusalem. And the king and his princes, his wives, and his concubines drank in them. They drank wine and praised the gods of gold and of silver and brass, of iron, of wood, and of stone. Mm. In the same hour came forth fingers of a man's hand and wrote over against the candlestick upon the plaster of the wall of the king's palace. And the king saw the part of the hand that wrote. Then the king's countenance was changed, and his thoughts troubled him, so that the joints of his loins were loosened, and his knees smote one against another. The king cried aloud to bring in the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the witchcraft folk, and the soothsayers the divinators, and the liars. And the king spake and said to the wise men of Babylon, Whosoever shall read this writing and show me the interpretation thereof shall be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about his neck and shall be the third ruler in the kingdom. Then came in all the king's wise men, but they could not read the writing nor make known to the king the interpretation thereof. Then was King Belshazzar greatly troubled, and his countenance was changed in him. Ooh, you could see his demons. And his lords were astonished. Now the queen, by reason of the words of the king and his lords, came into the banquet house. And the queen spake and said, O king, live forever. Let not thy thoughts trouble thee, nor let thy countenance be changed. There is a man in thy kingdom in whom is the spirit of the holy God. And in the days of thy father, light and understanding and wisdom, like the wisdom of the gods, was found in him whom the king, Nebuchadnezzar, thy father the king, I say, thy father, made master of the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, and the soothsayers. For as much as an excellent spirit and knowledge and understanding, interpreting of dreams and showing of hard sentences and dissolving of doubts were found in the same Daniel whom the king named Belteshazzar. Now let Daniel be called, and he will show the interpretation. Then was Daniel brought in before the king, and the king spake and said unto Daniel, Art thou that Daniel, which art of the children of the captivity of Judah, whom the king my father brought out of Jewry? I have even heard of thee, that the spirit of the gods is in thee and that light and understanding and excellent wisdom is found in thee. And now the wise men, the astrologers, have been brought in before me, that they should read this writing and make known unto me the interpretation thereof. But they could not show the interpretation of the thing. And I have heard of thee, 
that thou canst make interpretations and dissolve doubt. Now, if thou canst read the writing and make known to me the interpretation thereof, thou shalt be clothed with scarlet and have a chain of gold about thy neck and shalt be the third ruler in the kingdom. Now, then Daniel answered and said before the king, let thy gift be to thyself. That's not like the modern Christian, is it? Let thy gift be to thyself and give thy rewards to another. Yet I will read the writing unto the king and make known to him the interpretation. O thou king, the most high God, gave Nebuchadnezzar thy father a kingdom and majesty and glory and honor. And for the majesty that he gave him, all people, nations, and languages trembled and feared before him, whom he would he slew, and whom he would he kept alive, and whom he would he set up, and whom he would he put down. But when his heart was lifted up and his mind hardened in pride, I want you to highlight that, his mind hardened in pride. You see, there are people, saints, that are listening to this sermon, and your mind is hardened in pride. And God has come today to help you. But when his heart was lifted up, you know, he was such a suchy man. Like Naaman, he was an official such-a-much. And his mind hardened in pride, he was disposed from his kingly throne. And they took his glory from him. And he was driven from the sons of men. And his heart was made like the beast. And his dwelling was with the wild asses. And they fed him with grass like oxen, and his body was wet with the dew of heaven, till he knew that the Most High God ruled in the kingdom of men, and that he appointed over it whomsoever he will. And thou, his son, O Belshazzar, hast not humbled thine heart. Though thou knewest all this, but hast lifted up thyself against the Lord of heaven, and they have brought the vessels of his house before thee, and thou and thy lords, thy wives, and thy concubines have drunk wine in them, and thou hast praised the gods of silver, gold, and of brass, iron, wood, and quick, see not, nor hear, nor know. And the God in whose hand thy breath is, I like that saying, and the God in whose hand thy breath is, and whose are all thy ways, hast thou not glorified. Then was the part of the hand sent from him, and this writing was written. 
And this is the writing that was written, meany, meany, tickle you farces. This is the interpretation of the thing, meaning God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tickle, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. He's being judged right on the spot. Purity, thy kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. Then commanded Belshazzar, and they clothed Daniel with scarlet and put a chain of gold about his neck and made a proclamation concerning him that he should be the third ruler in the kingdom. Now, verse 30, in that night, Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, Slain. In that night was Belshazzar, the king of the Chaldeans, slain. God is serious, you know. God is serious. Here we see yet another great man with much power and influence and pride who did not reverence nor honor the true and living God. He well knew of the Most High God who rules in the kingdom of men. Yet he did not humble himself in his heart. Though he knew this. So even though the handwriting on the wall was before his face, it was literally in his face. The king could not perceive what God was saying to him to the measure that he would humble his heart. There are people that are a part of this ministry who do not yet understand nor perceive what God's trying to tell them. They have pride in their heart. They have hardened their heart, and God is knocking at the door of your heart right now. It's up to you to decide if you're going to let him in. In 2 Kings chapter 5, verse 13, Naaman's servants were able to convince him to simply humble himself, get off his high horse, humble himself. Amen. Through obedience to the word of the prophet of God, humble himself through obedience to the word of the prophet of God. In so doing, the door would be opened for the God of the Israelites to save his soul. See, it hinged on obedience with humility. In verse 14, Naaman humbled himself. Then went he down. 
Then went he down and dipped himself seven times in Jordan, according to the saying of the man of God. And his flesh came again like unto the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. Naaman humbled him, and he returned to the man of God and stood before him. He and all his company, his great entourage, showed up, and he said, Behold, just like Job did, now I know that there is no God in all the earth but in Israel. He needed a revelation. He needed a change of heart. He needed a change of mind and a change of attitude. He had to go through a transformation. He needed to be changed before God would heal his body. Amen? James chapter 4, verse 10. James chapter 4, verse 10. James chapter 4, verse 10. Humble yourself, just like Naaman had to do. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. It does not say that pastor comes by and taps you on the shoulder and says, okay, dear, you're humble now. No, Naaman, it's not going to work that way. The instructions are as follows. Humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord, and he shall lift you up. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 6. Humble yourself, you know, like verily, verily, I say unto thee. Show enough, show enough, are you listening yet? Humble yourself, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. I suppose you might need to dismount off your high horse. That might be part of it. To receive healing, we must seek Jesus Christ, our healer, not our physical, emotional, financial, relational, or circumstantial deliverance. To receive healing, we must seek Jesus Christ himself, our healer, not our physical, emotional, financial, relational, or circumstantial deliverance. You know how it goes. I need demons cast out. 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 
And I'm going, I'm still waiting on somebody to say something about Jesus Christ, the scriptures, the Holy Spirit, the move of God, what God's been telling us, what happened and what God did. No. I have a demon, I need demons cast out. I have a demon, I need demons cast out. I have a demon, I need demons cast out. Then they go down their grocery list of the particular demons they want cast out. Now, let me explain to you about casting out a demon. It is done with the finger of God. So that means that you're not picking down your grocery list of the particular demon you think you won't cast out. Either God is in charge of your deliverance, seeing as the scriptures declare that he is the deliverer. Either the Holy Spirit is leading and guiding every single aspect of it, or you're trying to micromanage the Holy Spirit. I don't suggest such. Because he will sit right there, and you can cough your face into a bucket. And the demons that really need to come out will still be in you. I know about that. You see, when you show up to get demons cast out, either you're going to let God be in charge, or guess what? You're going to keep your demons. You cannot manipulate the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 I'll say this again. To receive healing, we must seek Jesus Christ, our healer, not our physical, emotional, financial, relations, no circumstantial deliverance. We must have our eyes fixed on him, not upon someone else, nor some presumed solution, nor upon our circumstance. We must take God at his promise. Humble ourselves, set our eyes upon Jesus, and be willing for God to heal us any way that he chooses. You know, Naaman figured he, he could be presumptuous with God, but the scriptures say that presumption is a sin. We have determined that we're going to see Dr. Moore in the morning. And when we go to see Dr. Moore, she's going to prescribe us some pills. We're going to go to pick them up. We're going to go home and take them, and we'll be just fine. And then when Dr. Moore comes in, she says to us, well, we're going to need to do a procedure. And you go from, I didn't hear that. You see, you can't go into denial. I I didn't hear that. And so she's looking at your face, so she says, yes, we're going to need to do a procedure. And then she begins to explain to you about the procedure that will need to take place and the preparation for the procedure. 
and all of a sudden you feel this strong, hot thing going up your back and up the back of your neck to your head. And before you know it, you're about to burst and scream right there in the doctor's office. Well, why is that? From where did this reaction come? It came because, like Naaman, you had already decided what God was going to do. Amen. And when God decided not to do it your way, you got fiery mad at God. And now you're mad at Dr. Moore, too. Well, I got a recommendation from my friend Sally, and she went to Dr. Moore, and all she had to do was take a couple of pills, and that was the end of that for her. She didn't have to get a procedure. And what do you mean I have to get a procedure? And on and and you just go on like that, on and on and on for the rest of the day. And whoever that's in your family group gets to hear it come out of your mouth. And they're trying to back away from you as fast as they can. They know that's the day for them to have takeout, drive through, anything, but eat what you're going to cook in the kitchen. They don't want you to get so excited that you pour in so much red pepper flakes that they won't be able to eat. They walk around on eggshells in the house. Even the dog has gone next door to visit with the neighbor. Just don't say anything and other people won't know it's you. Naaman's servant convinced him to do what the prophet asked him to do. So, in verse 13, and his servants came near and spake unto him and said, My father, if the prophet had bid thee do something great, wouldn't you have done that? How much rather when he said, just wash and be clean? You know, this is pretty simple. But no, you are, and you are, and you are, and you. Well, you know that you're going to have to go by the pharmacy, and they're going to give you this, 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 big, um, this big container, and you're going to have to put water in it and put it in the refrigerator and let it chill and you're going to need to drink the whole thing, and I suggest that you're home near the bathroom when that happens because you're going to need some air freshener, and you're going to need to have your cell phone near you and your little magazines you like to read because you won't be able to travel very far. And just in case something happens, perhaps some of that old newspaper that's in the garage should line the bathroom floor. Hallelujah, Jesus. There is life. (laughs) There is life in Christ. You know, you're about to throw a fit. In 1 Samuel chapter 15, beginning with verse 22, I, I, I can't say that word. They want to put a camera in me, and do you know where? 
okay, dear. You're going to make it through this. <clears throat> and Samuel said in First First Samuel chapter 15, verse 22, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of ram. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. You do realize that the wages of sin is death. Because, we're going to stop right there, rebellion, refusal to do what God says is as the sin of witchcraft. And stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Idolatry? Yes, you worship your own will, not God. Will you be convinced? Will you humble yourself in obedience to God and open the closed door in your life to him? If you open the door while Jesus is knocking, if you will hear his voice in this sermon and open the door of your heart, he will come in. Yes, the king of glory will come in. Amen? Rise for the benediction. Amen. God, be merciful to us and bless us and cause his face to shine upon us that thy way may be known upon the earth thy saving health among all nations. Let the people praise thee, O God. Let all the people praise thee. And everybody said amen, 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 and amen. After you get off the floor, you can recast the sermon thing. Amen. God had something to say to us today. And he wanted us to hear every word. Amen? Pastor loves you. God bless you. And the Lord is with you to help you. Amen? Amen. Amen.
Whoa!